Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. Hey, hey, legends, you're listening to the Influence by Design podcast. My name is Anthony Chansomuth, and today I'm taking over the mic. So get ready. My name is Samantha Riley, and this is the podcast for coaches, course creators, and experts who want to grow their influence, income, and impact to take their coaching business to a million dollars and beyond. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing, and leadership strategies, as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life, inside and out. Create the influence, income, and impact you need to build your business so you can create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. This is the Influence by Design podcast. Hey, Sam, it's uh, wonderful on this brisk, sun- oh, I'll say Sunday, it's Thursday morning. <laughs> it's been a long week, has it? <laughs> yes, and I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. It's the first time I've actually done a mic takeover. So to be honest, I was a little bit nervous last night. I'm going to ask Sam and, and I want to make sure that, you know, we ask great questions. So um, thanks for inviting me. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I know that you're going to ask great questions. We've had you on the show before as a guest, and I know this is going to be a great episode. Okay. So we're going to ease in with a couple of questions, which will kind of sort of piggyback off the conversation you had with Michelle previously. And you talked about sort of how you started off with a dance background or you had a a dance studio, a business. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And one thing you mentioned, which kind of piqued my interest was you studied classical ballet. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, what's one lesson you learned from studying classical ballet that stuck with you through life? Oh, this is a really good one. And I was actually talking about this on a human design workshop that I ran yesterday. I'm a generator in human design and and that generators generally, uh, one of the things that they're really good at is mastery. And classical ballet is the absolute like pinnacle of mastery because you walk into class and you do whatever the, you know, the step is, or as we call it, the enchainment, we do that and we do it over and then we get corrected and then we do it again and then we get corrected and then we do it again. Not just in that class, but there's some steps that we learn from the time we're three that we are still repeating multiple times a week when we're in our 30s and our 40s. That is how much we are just doing over and over and over and over. Obviously, it gets harder as we get older, but some of the things that we're doing are exactly the same as what we did when we walked into the studio when we were three. So, you know, repeating things and making them better and really getting them so that they are just right is definitely what I've taken through life. I carry it through all areas of my life. I carry it through my business. I was even saying to my personal trainer the other day, we regressed something that we were doing. And she said, oh, that must really frustrate you because 
we've gone, we went backwards and it was just because we couldn't, didn't have access to a piece of equipment. And I said, actually, no, it's the opposite. Because when you do something that's easier, when you've got the, when you understand what that movement is and you regress it, Mm. you're able to really think, am I moving my body in that exact same, you know, in exactly the right way? You know, you're able to, to really bring that mastery in rather than just, eh, that'll do, or, you know, that's enough. So that would be the biggest lesson that I've taken from classical ballet. You know, it's the artistry in ballet is top notch. That's really interesting. And I was, as you were talking through that, for me, my mind was going to, how do you translate that to business? Because in business, we don't tend to think of it as artistry. Right, like we tend to think of it as a series of systems and processes, and you know these sort of things. We don't normally, and I'm not, I'm speaking to everyone here, but uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we don't go into, hey, you know, it's an art, and there is, you know, whilst there's science and there's accounting and these sort of things there, there is also an artistry in it. Absolutely, there is also. And you had, you know, you spoke about your evolution. You've had multiple businesses. You've also coached, you know, dozens of different businesses, and so. I just thought that's so powerful if you can approach business in that way where you're refining and refining and you're evolving and it's always, I know you love to experiment and you're always, every time Mm -hmm. we chat, it's like, I'm doing this new experiment. I'm trying this new campaign, there's new things going on. And for me, that's what I think people don't see when they look at the the Elon Musk's or they look at the people who are the big Mm -hmm. heroes in, in that world. They don't see, there are countless sleepless nights, millions of failed experiments refining 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 like that's really the art and the work absolutely and really what you just said then just took what i said to the next level all ballet is a process we learn this step and we add on to it and we add on to it and we add on to it till it gets to a point but the artistry is like this overarching piece it's like well anyone can do that process but how do you make it yours and that's the artistry and if you can bring that into your business and layer that over the top of your systems, that's when you will really, really stand out. And that's just as a dancer stands out on stage that pulls your eye and you're just looking at them thinking, wow, they're amazing. Technically, like they may be doing the same steps as other people, but they pull your eye. So to be able to take that same lesson into business and go, well, we need to do these things. How can I now make it mine? That's the secret source right there. Yeah, to me, that speaks to, you know, the culture of the business you're creating, how you work with your clients, but also your team, how you message yourself. And it's all these things that I know you, you take your clients through. Let's move over from that conversation there. And, and I'd like to just ask, I don't know if this has been asked of you before, given a choice of anyone in the world, alive or dead, mm-hmm. <laughs> who would you want as a dinner guest and why? Oh, wow. You know why I hate this question so much <laughs> is because I'm an extrovert and there are so many people. And I think you know, like I would love to, you know, I would love to have sit down for dinner with my grandparents again that have all passed away and ask them questions that have come up since they've passed. And I wish that I had have asked them, you know, I would love to sit down with my ballet teacher and ask her about more about her background because she grew up in South Africa and at 10 years old went and lived in London on her own in a boarding school to, you know, at a ballet company. I'd love to hear more about those stories, you know, but I guess if I had to answer one, uh, probably Richard Branson is someone that I really look up to. I read his autobiographies. I love the way he tells stories. I love the way that he's just always been like 
say gritty, you know, he just gets down and gets things done. And I, and I think that that's something that I relate to because that's how I've always started my businesses. It's just like head down, let's just go. And I don't care what the proper way was to do it. I was just like, we just got to get this thing going. So I know I didn't answer one. So I'll say Richard Branson is my one, but I answered lots of people and there's plenty more people that I would want to have dinner with. (laughs) There's so many amazing people in the world. Absolutely. I love the grandparents as well. I think that's something I didn't actually have the opportunity to experience because they passed away before I had a chance to meet them. And and I think there's a lot to be learned from the people in your life, like in your history, in your background, right? So mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. now with Branson, you mentioned just the way he does business and, and I've le- read a couple of his books as well. Do you think he's a generator? What kind of human design chart do you think he has? Oh, gosh. Now, I don't actually know what it is, but I'm actually going to guess He's either a generator or a manifesting generator. He's got to be. He's a builder. Potentially a manifesting generator because he's done so many things and, you know, he likes to go on and, you know, he's multi-passionate. But it could be a generator because really at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the business is at the front, it's still essentially sort of a similar business at the back. So it's going to be one of those two. Now I'm going to have to go look it up. (laughs) Oh, what you're going to have to do is go to Necker Island and ask him in person. (laughs) That's what you need to do. Absolutely, 100%. My human design, what's this? And you can be my human design person now. Yeah, totally. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, let's talk about more more of a human figure here. I'm curious, can you name three things you and your husband, Leon, appear to have in common? Oh, we both have in common that we're very protective of each other and our families. That was one of the very first values that, when we met, we realized that we really had in common that we're very protective of those that we love. Like I'm like a bear, like anyone comes near my kids or or my partner, I'm just like, (laughs) although he describes that and did just this morning before we started recording as a little ninja of death, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so that's definitely one. We have in common this love for life that We both worked very hard in sort of, let's say, the first half of our career. And when we met, obviously, it was later in life. And both of us connected in that we decided that for the rest of the life, it needed to be more fun, that we needed to really stop and smell the roses a lot more. And we both love our work. So we there's, you know, no issue there. We both love to work. But really having more more fun outside of work and even probably as i'm saying it in our work as well we have a lot of fun in our day as we're working we laugh a lot like i swear our neighbors must think we're crazy because we're laughing all the time so that's definitely something that we've got in common and what would the third one be um we're actually so the same and so different all at the same time. I don't even know, like, I don't know if that resonates, I don't, you know, with you and, and Cindy, yes, yes. but we are both, we've both got this, like the same outlook, but we're both very, very different. And that's what I love about us is that we can, you know, even to write down to the food that we eat and the houses that we like, we always have exactly the same ideas there, yet he's very logical, you know, he's a gamer, I hate gaming, like we'll not do it. You know, we're happy to be on our own as well. So that's what I like about our relationship. We're really amazing together, but we're also completely comfortable to be apart as well. And I think that's 
a testament to a really great relationship that we can do both of those things. Yeah, so it's so dynamic. And, I, and yes, my wife and I have similar states where we do have similarities in values and percept, like things we're working towards. And then we have things that are very, our approaches to life are very different, right? So, and that can cause conflict, but at the same time, it also makes it more rich. And, you know, I have a look at that. So what design chart is Leon? He's a manifesting generator. He's a 5-2 profile emotional authority. So that's probably the biggest difference between us actually is our authority. So he's an emotional authority. So he needs to ride the wave and, and wait to make decisions. I'm a generator and I have a sacral authority and I make decisions really, really fast. And this was probably the only thing, like we didn't argue, but this was probably the main friction point in our early relationship was because I would say to him, like, can't you just make a decision? Or he would try and make a decision quickly like I did and it never ended well. Like we would always, like there was a couple of trips we had to cancel and it's like, oh, you know, like you made me decide too quickly and, you know, it didn't feel right. And so, and I didn't understand. I was like, dude, why are you so slow? And he was thinking that I was really hot headed and made my decisions too quickly. So understanding our human designs and the way that we work together has made that a lot, lot, lot easier. And he is he like very spiritual in the way you are in, in terms of when you speak human, like the first time you talked about human design, was that like, yes, I already knew what this was or is he more of a logical, not <laughs> so into that? Yeah, it was, well, he's come from a background of corporate workers. He never knew anyone that was in business or entrepreneurs. He'd never met anyone like that. When he met me, he was like, what is this world? And I remember in the very first week that we'd met, he'd come over for dinner and we were sitting on the balcony and it was in the middle of a business conference and my house is always open. And when we could travel, other people used to come and stay at my house. So I had, I think I had three other entrepreneurs there. We're in the middle of a conference. Now, you know what this is like, Anf, because we've both been in business groups together that are like this. You know, you're unpacking what happened in the day and you're talking about, you know, marketing or that speaker. And we have our own language that when you're only with the people, you don't realize that how weird that can sound. Now, he'd never been around an entrepreneur or business owner in his life. And he's all of a sudden on the balcony with someone he's only known for a week and three other entrepreneurs and we're all like totally nerding out and the look on his face was like i have no idea what's going on right now so you know and i think that that the spirituality is the same he'd never been exposed to that so he is quite spiritual now just from being around me and i'm very spiritual and you know we meditate and we do tai chi and you know we do journaling and you know will manifest and all of that stuff he'd never even heard of that like you know 10 years ago so when human design came up it went through the same process like what are you talking about i don't understand this the language i don't get but it didn't take long for him to see how much it was affecting our relationship the effects that was happening in my business and he was like straight in so you know his joke now is and he still doesn't understand obviously at the depth i understand it but you know in our centers and this may not make sense to people but we've got nine centers in our human design body graph and four of them are motors now he has four defined motors and he thinks that's just hilarious because that he's like oh i can just keep going because i've got four motors (laughs) it's just a joke he says so he doesn't hugely understand it he's not 
you know, like super, super spiritual, but he's certainly allowed it into his life. And I would say he enjoys it too, because he sort of comes back for more. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And it shows that when a partner invests into learning or at least trying to understand the language, you know, of the other partner, that's important. And, you know, I don't know 100% everything that my wife knows and, and speaks and vice versa, but we make attempts to at least, you know, go and try different things together. Let's go do yoga. Let's go and go on a retreat. And like for my birthday this year, she actually bought a retreat for me and we went out and, you know, started the, the, the morning chanting away with, with the, uh, the guru over there. And it was a lot of fun. And that's awesome. Yeah. And, and that, you know, and that's come a long way from when we met because she wasn't doing retreats when we met. Right. So this is very, very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. We're going to move over to the business realm and, and dig into a question that came from a book that I'm going to hold. I don't even think you can see it. Oh, it's not so blurry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's called, well, I'll read it to you. It's called 30 Days and it's written by Ross Brunson. Uh-huh. And the whole premise of the book is I'll just give it to you and, and then you, then let's see how you answer it. Right. So I'll set the scene. So basically you suddenly lose all your money along with your name and reputation <laughs> and only have your marketing know-how left, mm-hmm. right? You have bills piled high, people harassing you over the phone. Plus you have a guaranteed roof over your head, a phone line and, and an internet connection. Other than your vast marketing experience and your business know-how, you're an unknown newbie, right? So no one knows you. What would you do from day one to day 30 to save yourself? Wow. That's first, that almost makes my heart beat out of my chest, even just thinking of being in that situation, because definitely, you know, building my brand is something that I've taken extremely seriously for my whole business career, because I think that that's, you know, if anything happens like that, you can take your brand, but you're saying you're a complete newbie and you don't even have your brand. So it would be number one, connecting with people. Man, I would pick up that phone. I would be jumping onto social media and I would be connecting, 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 connecting all day, every day and asking for, you know, who else do, you know, who else do I need to know? I think if I didn't, you know, if I was starting right from scratch in that first day, it would be just putting out like, what do people need? You know, opening up that conversation so that I can build something by the second day that I could put out. And then, you know, once that's happened, then I know who else I needed to connect with. So that's exactly what I'd be doing. Do you need that in more depth? (laughs) Yeah, let's talk people through it because this is exactly what happened through the pandemic. A lot of businesses shut down because, you know, the the circumstances changed. You know, people were in lockdown. So all these restaurants down on Glebe Point Road and whatever they were, they just shut down. But we we can't do business anymore. And so... And this is more, you know, we're talking in the digital realm because we're online, but mm-hmm. okay, that's your day one, you're connecting with people, your day two, you're kind of working out, you know, maybe asking these questions around, okay, where do you need support? Mm-hmm. What are you doing on day three? Like, what are you doing in the next few days? I'd be building it out. So by the second day, I'd be putting together whatever it is that I can see this gap in the market. And I think that this is a lot easier than people think it is because it really is just asking people like and chatting to them and finding out what their pain points are. And then within my knowledge, and I think this is a really important part, within my expertise and knowledge, not just what someone else is doing that I've read out of a book and I'm parroting, not that, what in my experience can I fix? So if I was going to, if I had zero money, I'd be consulting first because that's the fastest way. It's just sort of more a one-on-one. It's like I can jump in and do that. I would be consulting first 
and I would be building out something more leveraged at exactly the same time. Once you've got that product, then you know more of who are the people that I need to connect with. So it's like a, um, I can't think of anything except for atomic bomb, and that's not really a great metaphor, but you know, like you're starting really at the core and then just going, well, now I know what that core messages or that core problem. Now I can meet more of those people and attract more of those people into my world. So yeah, I would be doing that right from day two. Actually, you know, even as I'm saying it, if I was on the phone with someone on the first day and I knew I could solve their problem, I would be doing, I would be putting together a plan. I've done it before in my head and pitching to someone on a call. And when I say pitch, I don't mean like a full sales pitch, but of like, hey, well, I could help you do this and this is the cost. There's, you know, you don't actually have to have sat down and done a full business plan. You don't have to have written down all of your inclusions and a price. You can make these things up on the fly. And that's what I'd be doing. Absolutely. I love that you started off with, okay, let's just clarify who, what, and why. And then once you sort of narrow in on, oh, well, okay, I'm going to offer in consulting in, in my specialty in what I have expertise in. And I love that you've highlighted that because that's important. And then you say, okay, well, then I know then now who I'm going for. So it makes it a lot easier for you to go into LinkedIn and search for those people or, you know, connect to the people you know and say, hey, who do you know that's this type of person or this type of role? How do you go from that initial consultation to then getting it to a consistent, you know, client base? When do you get into the website? When do you even need a website? When do you start podcasting? When would those come into the mix for you? No, you're only talking 30 days here, right? I wouldn't bother with a website in 30 days. I wouldn't bother with a podcast in 30 days. I wouldn't do any of those leveraged things. And I think this is where a lot of people go wrong is they try and do these sort of these long-term things right at the beginning, where right at the beginning, it's just like clients. This is what we're doing, clients, clients, clients. And we, yes, in one way, we do need a website, but at the beginning, you don't. I had a client that I did a VIP day with quite a few years back and we unpacked her idea. She'd sold $30,000 worth of product and not physical product, $30,000 worth of program that hadn't been created the very next day because all we did was get really clear on who's the person that she's selling to, what's their problem and how can she solve it. So just by having that conversation, people like, oh, yeah, I've got a pain point you can solve it. Here's my credit card. Mm -hmm. She delivered on that. You know what I mean? Like just because there was nothing created at that time didn't mean she wasn't delivering, you know, and I would be the same, obviously. But a lot of those things that we think we need, we actually don't. So I wouldn't have a website, wouldn't have a podcast. That 30 days would purely be delivery, putting my program together, speaking with people and sales. That's it. That's all I'd be doing in that 30 days. Fantastic. And I 100% agree. I think what you're building is your, your runs on the board, you're collecting, you know, your case studies, you, mm-hmm. it's much easier to sell then once you've mm-hmm. passed those 30 days and you've got, here's five clients I've helped solve a problem and here's, here's what they said about it. And then you can go into, you know, moving to your next phase. Really powerful. Well, there you go. Everyone who's listening, if you're thinking about, you know, starting a new business and, and what would you do? I'm the same. I, you know, even though I, I preach, hey, website's important and you can build SEO and these sort of things, but they're long-term games. These things, And they know, are important. Yeah. We're both not saying that they're not important. They are important. Podcast is important. Like all of the things that we just talked about are important. 
we were specifically saying in 30 days, what would you do? And that's, that's what I would do. After 30 days, I would have the podcast. I would have the website. All of those other things I would start bringing in. But if I needed to get money in the bank, that's all I'd be doing in the first 30 days. And that's what it is. It's, it's focusing on what matters most at the time that it matters, right? So it's like yeah. income first, and then we can look at leverage and scale because that comes later. Yeah, because if you don't have income coming in, you're in a fight or flight. So let's just get that sorted so that then you can think clearly to move forward. Great question, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, Russell. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a great book. And he basically he interviewed because, you know, he's got the two comma club. He's got all his, his people who've done million dollars plus with, with ClickFunnels. And he's in, he basically asked about like 30 of them what they would do. And they all broke it down. It's a really fantastic insight. Yeah, nice. Okay, so we're going to wrap up. You know, we can do probably another episode another day, but I, I just wanted to make this short and punchy. And, and that was really just really great value that came from that conversation. For you as a business owner and someone that's sort of arrived at the level that you have, what would you say are three to five things that you need to be successful as a business owner? What are your non-negotiables? So in business, it's the ability to connect with people is number one. I think that, you know, we talk about websites and automation and all of these other things where if there was one thing, if I could only keep one thing, it would be personal connections and speaking with people. So my network is really, really important and something that I have always done in my business. And, and I think that this is not spoken about a lot is that I pay for proximity. And what that means is I always have paid big money to be in masterminds or groups where I've got proximity to certain people. So when I can say I'm one connection away from Tony Robbins, Russell Brunson, you know, Richard Branson, all of these big names, it's because I've paid to be in places where these people can connect me. I know exactly who I need to go to if it ever I decide that I want connections to those people. I know exactly who I need to go to. So that's something really that not a lot of people talk about is that all those big names also pay for proximity. It doesn't just happen by complete chance. So I'm always backing myself and making sure that I'm in the right places. So that was sort of like a, you know, a roundabout. There was a lot there, I guess, but people and connections will grow your business. A couple of the other things I think is, and again, this may be a bit out of the box thinking, but health is so important as a business owner. If we're not healthy, strong, fit, eating well, you know, we can't show up as the best version of ourselves. We can't think clearly where, you know, we may not have the strength or how do I say it, the health to be able to like push through. Because whilst I was saying before that, you know, Leon and I have a lot of balance, you know, we will go to the gym in the day, you know, there are times where you do have to put your head down and really like just keep going, keep going. If you're coming into an event, which we haven't had a lot in the last couple of years, but they're coming back. Anyone that's ever run an event, the weekend leading into an event is brutal. They are brutal. And so, you know, when people say, oh, you shouldn't have to hustle in your business, they've never run an event. (laughs) That's hustle. (laughs) That's hustle. (laughs) Let me tell you. So your health is really, really important. I couldn't be running my business if I didn't take my health so seriously. And I guess adding on a a little bit to your people at the beginning, your team is really important, your culture and your team and what you're building. Because if, well, A, 
you can't build a big business without a team. It just can't happen. You can run a business on your own, but it's never going to be a big business. And some people like you can build whatever you want. If you just want a small business, that's totally fine. It's not what I'm saying. But if you've got a big vision, then you do need team members and you need a really great culture so that those team members can be part of that vision. So I'm just going to recap those three because I think they're perfect. One is to have the ability to connect with people. I like your sort of secret tip there, which is to pay for proximity because that's something that I've done. And yes, you're right. A lot of the leaders in the industry are doing that. Like they, you know, this is why we join groups, why we pay for masterminds, why we get into associations or pay to go to Traffic and Convert Summit, whatever these events are, right? And they're not cheap. These are $1,000 a ticket or whatever it may be. And But it's about how do you leverage that time while you're there and who you're connecting with and, and being intentional about why you're there. I made the mistake in my early career where I would just attend as many free events as I could and just got burnt out. Like I was like, I'm just here. I'm meeting the wrong people. It's I'm not happy mm-hmm. I'm drinking too much. It's all these things are going on and my business isn't growing, right? And, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and then when you kind of go, well, I only need to be in two or three groups with the right people and the right you know, people I can learn from and, and give back to. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Number two is to take your health seriously. And this is the one that I've prioritized this year. I've started this year by hitting the gym. You know, I've, I've lost six kilos in one month. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Been very strict on, on what I'm eating and what I'm putting into my body, sleeping better. And my wife's been very supportive with that. And, and I thank her so much gratitude for, you know, just seeing me cooking great meals and getting up at six in the morning, hitting the gym with me, even though she's, she'd prefer to sleep. <laughs> So (laughs) that's just super important. And the third one is team is important. And I agree. Mm -hmm. Like you don't, you could have, you know, a million dollar or 2 million or $10 million company and not have 20 or 50 staff. You you literally could be people uh, or four people Mm -hmm. and you can't do it all on your own. So it just depends on what you want to build. Fantastic answers. I think we will wrap it up here. I do have one final question for you, Sam. And uh, this came from a post you put on Facebook, I think about a month ago asking about, okay, what are some like, things that I could do to, or add to my bucket list? Mm-hmm. So the question is, what thing or things would you like to do in your life that you haven't got around to yet? Oh, my goodness, so many. And so many of them revolve around travel because travel is like right up there as one of my top values is freedom. And I, I love to travel and meet people. So lots of, you know, seeing lots of places but experiences, you know, things like I haven't seen it, an AFL grand final at the MCG. You know, I, I want to go back to the glacier in Alaska where we got married and experience it without everything going on. I just want to go and stand there and just soak it in and, and be there again because that day went so quickly. So, yeah, lots of different places all around the world that I want to get to. So, yeah, travel and experiences is pretty much the whole of my bucket list, to be brutally honest. <laughs> Sounds a lot like mine. <laughs> yeah. The grand final for me is the Australian Open. I'd like to be there. Haven't done it yet. And, you know, I was watching Nadal versus, what's his name, the five-hour miracle. They call it the miracle match. It just happened, and I'm like, I wish I was there. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, totally with you. And now that, the, you know, the, we're starting to open up and we can get on planes again. Yeah. yeah. I think they've just announced they're letting internationals come into Australia. So that, that's happening. Yes. Right yes. And then hopefully soon it'll be us being able to fly out to other countries. but Absolutely. Well, the borders are starting to open. I know a friend of mine is heading to the Philippines, I think, next week or the week after. Oh, there you go. So, yes. um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely starting to open up in a bigger way. But and for anyone that's been listening to this that wants to know more about you, we will link the episode that I interviewed you about case studies in the show notes. 
So go back and have a listen to that episode because that was great. But where can people connect with you and stay connected with you? Learn more about what you're doing. Yep. So the best place would be to jump onto my website, which is simplecreditmarketing.com. Um, I've actually created a page specifically for listeners of this show. So it will give it a nice intro to some cool bonuses on there for you, which is simplecreditmarketing.com forward slash influence by design. Perfect. So definitely go over there. Amps doing some really, really cool stuff with marketing and specifically case studies. And that's what we talked about on the episode. So Thank you for interviewing me on my show. Some really great questions there. Really enjoyed it. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, all, all the best for 2022. Thanks. You too. Ciao. Ciao. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other coaches and experts who are growing and scaling their business too, come and join the Coaches Course Creators and Speakers group on Facebook. The links are all waiting for you over at samanthariley.global.